Good morning and welcome to Coffee on the Hill, a morning devotional with Pastor Todd. Grab a cup and your Bible and let's spend a few minutes together. Genesis 21, 8. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. Good Monday morning. The details that flow out from what we read here all the way down to verse 21 are a little bit disconcerting. Uh, I mean... Who would send their child away? I, I think rather than try to do what would be required in a much longer, more detailed explanation, I think devotionally here, one thing stands out that, that might be helpful. Abraham and Sarah are in the predicament they're in. Sarah is in the shape she is in, seeing uh, Ishmael either play with Isaac or jest and make sport of him. It just depends on how translators translate the word there. And they are where they are because of decisions they made. That is, all decisions have consequences. Now, now the head of it all goes all the way back to Genesis 12, where God spoke to Abram and said, go to a place I'm going to show you, for I will make you a father of many nations, and all the people of the world will be blessed through you. So this promise that they received had been through its ups and downs, that is, the ups and downs that come with age and without pregnancy. Long time. And so, conditioned to think that the promise that was made would never come, they hold on to that still. I mean, even as God came, remember in that uh, group who showed up and said, this time next year, your wife will bear a son, and he couldn't believe because of his age, and Sarah couldn't believe because of her age, and after all, they had worked out the plan that Ishmael would be the child. So when the promise is fulfilled, after the doubts and after the you know, attempts to fulfill the promise on their own, they now have two children separated by a period of time. And at that, now they're still concerned about the promise. Sarah didn't want of a spoiled child, or this whatever role we understand Ishmael to have played there, she did not want any of the inheritance to go 
Ishmael all to Isaac. That the, the promise. I mean, in fact, it's reiterated there. The the promise is coming through Isaac. But that doesn't mean God's discarding the failed attempt. I mean, two things really do, and I started with one, two things kind of mind. One it really is hard to believe the promise, no matter the steps along the way to its fulfillment. But, but second, uh, God, God here demonstrates God's own way to make good out of the disobedience or out of the lack of faith or the doubt. I'll take care of your son, Hagar. He'll be a great nation in his own right, and indeed so. So much so that by the time we get to the New Testament and we're talking about the son of promise, Paul that is, clearly this story is in the back of his mind. But for us today, maybe there's something to recall. Number one, stay with the promise. No matter uh, what you look for in its fulfillment. It, it, it may come fulfilled in steps, but God has kept his promise. It was through Isaac that the Messiah would come, and through the Messiah all the world would be blessed. But the second, when we think we have thrown a wrench in the design and plan of God as if God is unable or incapable of rerouting or altering the consequences of our poor decisions, where we try to fulfill the promise ourselves. God makes a way. And it still is a story where God took care of Hagar and Ishmael. And even in our own attempts to fulfill the promise our own way, God will and may make of our attempts something good. That's what we mean when we say God's love is self-giving, other-directed. Not selfish like our own. Lord God, promises made aren't always completely fulfilled at the outset. The promise we make to children to raise them to a point at which they can live on their own is a promise made at their birth, the fulfillment of which doesn't come till some years later. And along the way, things are confirmed and reaffirmed that indicate that the child may trust the parents that they will indeed fulfill their promise. Yet somewhere along the way, we children start thinking that, well, either we know better, we can do it better, we have a better way. And then along comes the opportunity to make better out of those failed attempts, the decisions that come out of doubt. Remind us, Lord that you've made a promise to us that one day to rectify all things, to fulfill your promise that you've given us the deposit in, your, in and by your spirit to remind us that the gift you've given in yourself to us is a gift that will have eternal implications. 
So when we are tempted to speed things along, to have it better and do it better, would you be gracious and mend our decisions out of doubt? Well, thank you for taking your time with me here at Coffee on the Hill, a morning devotion with Pastor Todd. And until next time, have a good day.